0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office?
1: Yeah, Digitex does
0: that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you. It is 1235 in Edmonton. Uh, In the second hour of the show today, we'll take your calls, get your thoughts on where the Oilers are at right now. I gave you some extensive numbers in the first half hour. And, uh, well... It's got to get the goals against down, got to get the save percentage up, got to get the penalty-killing percentage up. uh, But showing signs of having a deeper team up front and the ability to score with more than one line. We will also have George LaRocca on in the second hour to talk about legends for lungs. 19 years in the making, the alumni rematch between the Edmonton Oilers and the Montreal Canadiens. With Shane Corson on the show the other day. Louis DeBrusque normally does this slot. He has just landed, but we made a switch. We traded up, and uh, Louis will join us on tomorrow's show. Just kidding, big man. We are pleased to be joined on the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline by Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers, brought to you weekly by Mid-City Construction Management, providing you with the highest quality and most cost-effective solutions in the safest way possible. Visit mid-city.ca. Elliot, how you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? I bet you weren't taking listener calls last week. Uh, well, actually, we in the worst of it, we did. Absolutely. Oh, good Two, for you, Bud. Yeah, got my teeth kicked in on the air. Uh, was it was it the day that Brendan was hosting, or did you actually? Do? No, no, no. My rule, Elliot, is like when the team's in the absolute crap. Like if they lose five out of five on the road, and we fly. You know, like last time we got home, I don't know, four. Right? Like, I'm coming in. Like, that's just the way it's got to be. So, good for you, Bob. Good well, you know, job. you got to show up sometimes.
1: <laughs> yes. When, when it's like, you know, I, I'm not a Rudy Giuliani person. I generally think he's uh, kind of a clown. But in his book, he writes a line that is I think is very good. And he talks about when you're in charge, you can miss weddings, but you can't miss funerals. And I think that's... uh, I I always liked that. I always thought about that.
0: Well, I think for some of our listeners, they thought the season was going down the drain and it was going to be a a funeral and we were going to see some significant changes with the Oilers organization. But a 5-0 and run run and... You yeah. know, when you, and, and we're back on the road, and we're going to – actually, I haven't, didn't even mention the difference between doing a game in Washington and doing a game in Montreal. We'll get to that in a second because you might have some oh, ins- yeah. insight oh, yeah. yeah. But just having – you know, just being around Ken Holland and, you know, his – and the numbers kind of show it. Like, it – and a strong argument can be made. This wasn't about coaching when the team was two eleven and two. So, was it you know was it all coaching at sixteen and five? The coaches would say no, and was it all coaches at two eleven and two? And and most fans would say no, and they'd point to the goaltenders and. Uh, I'd say team defense and penalty killing, and key players are out. Every team in the league has it, but he stuck to his guns. It didn't make the change, and now the Oilers head into the All Star break with a five-zero run. Run, Elliot. I mean, you talk to people around the league; it's a very different feeling about this hockey team right now uh, than it was two I weeks don't, ago.
1: Uh, Bob, I don't need to talk to anybody around the league. Like you know, like it's it's obvious. And you know, like the the thing is that you know Holland was really facing the heat. And, you know, you, you, that's exactly what happens when you're in a Canadian market and you're going like that and the expectations are what they are in Edmonton. That's, that's the job. That's the name of the game. That's what you get. And, you know, he was really feeling it. And I think he was feeling it externally. I think he was feeling it internally. It was impossible not to realize what was going on. And, um, you know, I, I think he did look, for example, for goalies. But he said, I'm not, I'm not paying a big price. Um, You know, I think you and I have talked about before how I thought that, you know, if Philly was willing to take a late-round pick, then maybe Martin Jones would have been Edmonton. But he wasn't willing to do more than that. And, you know, as you said, he he held on to the coach. And, you know, I know know, uh, Holland takes a bit of uh, grief for not being uh, an advanced analytics guy. But I I do know because he told someone uh, just that, what he was under the impression was is that the underlying numbers for the Oilers were good and they basically had to start getting saves. And, you know, Koskinen, I think one thing we've all learned about him is it's it's a bit of a roller coaster with him. And I think the Oilers feel very strongly that, you know, they, there's only so much he really should play. But they were they were in a position where they had to ride him and like their season was basically on his back at a time where he was playing very poorly, and you know we we kick them when they're down, and you gotta you gotta praise them when they earn it. But Koskinen found his game at an incredibly critical part of the season for Edmonton. And the thing is, all they wanted to see was some battle. And that night against Calgary, I thought you guys were going to lose 10 nothing the way that game started. Yep. And you won. And uh, now, look, like, it's not over. No. Um, you've got, you know, you're, you're going to make up some of your games on LA and Anaheim over the next month. You need to, you, you still need saves. But I do think that Holland believed that the team had an opportunity to crawl out of it if they got saves. That's happened. Now you got to make sure it keeps happening.
0: Well, uh, 0-6 and one for Miko during that two eleven and two stretch with an 8.55 save percentage. He went in mm-hmm. last night's game. I haven't run the numbers uh, since. He's now uh, 4-0 and one in his last five starts. He he's probably a nine. 918 and 922 save percentage. Mike Smith is... And
1: that's going. a huge win last night, even without Ovechkin and Oshie. Yeah, like well, that's, 100%. That's a, and it's, win. It's always that's a, a win. You know,
0: it's funny, because Washington played pretty good as the game wore on, but Edmonton played pretty good in Toronto. Right? Edmonton yep. played, and they didn't have McDavid that night. Like, you got... That happens in this league, as you know. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the whole goaltending situation, I still think Ken Holland wants to see what happens if he's got a healthy Mike Smith in a healthy Miko Koskin. we're about to find Eesh. out. Smith's going <laughs> to well, start Tuesday. He's starting Tuesday, Elliot. Against... Yeah, yeah,
1: and Bob. The, the tough thing with that is, like, I don't know, like, you know, like, Fair. like I don't, I, I don't like to bet against Mike Smith. I, I really don't because he's like I love how competitive that guy is. I mean, he wants to shove it up all our butts who are saying that they don't have goaltending. It's just that, like, I, I worry about the body. I, I don't worry about the will. I, I worry about the ability to do it, just in terms of health. And I, I gotta think he's still looking. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not as urgent as it was two weeks ago. But this is just my opinion. He's still got to be looking. Well, like there he, is a scenario.
0: Does. It's not the scenario the fans want to hear, because the fans mm-hmm. are like, "Go get Mark Andre Fleury." There's a problem. I, I don't. I don't see that happening. All right, not to Edmonton. No, I,
1: do. I don't. I don't see it happening to Edmonton. I don't. All
0: right. Uh, what happens if he goes to Colorado? And what happens to Darcy Kemper?
1: Well, if he goes to Colorado, like, I, I would think that they probably have to move Kemper, right? Yeah. But, again, like, the-, the-, the problem with Kemper is not, again, it's not his ability. And, actually, he started to get better. And, they're- they're obviously, they're really starting to go. They got beat by Arizona the other night. But, like, I- again, you know, the only thing I worry about with Kemper is he gets hurt a lot. Yeah. Like you know, like 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 the thing that I'm looking at, if if I'm Edmonton and I, I actually you know if if I'm Edmonton and I do decide I'm going to address my goaltending, the one thing I, I've got to get is somebody who's got a history of durability. And you know, and anybody can get injured at any time, and it, it happens, and that's the way this game is. But you know, like I just can't imagine that they would. I got to think that they would, and also what it would cost you to get Kemper. I just think you, you need someone like I love Kemper as a goalie. I think he's a really good goalie. I just would think that if you're, you know, like if you're trying to solve your problem, I think you want someone with
0: a history of being healthy. All right, I'm going to throw a total curveball at you. In all of the times that we've had our private conversations, well, Elliot, we've never discussed this. Elliot Freeman. Oh, God, okay. Elliot Freeman for Mid City Construction Management. Philadelphia. Yeah. Is there any way they'd move Carter Hart? I don't think so. All right. So if they got a good young forward prospect and a first rounder back, you don't think they'd do that?
1: Look, like I look like anything can happen. Like people come up with the wing Gretzky was traded, but I so, think he's been there. I, th- I, 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 yes, yeah, sold right. Uh, I, I think like, I think he's their, been their best player this year. Wow. Like, like he had a really stinky, uh, uh, first night of the year against Vancouver but I, I think after that, he's been really good in a, in, a, in a really bad situation, unfortunately, for them and him. Like, like you know, we just did a couple weeks ago, I, I worked a Wednesday night game with Anthony Stewart, and we did a redraft of, of, uh, of Matthew's draft year, 2016. And I had Hart as my fourth pick. And I know people, some people thought that was crazy. But I, I think I think he's been really good this year, and I think he's going to be a franchise goalie. I just I don't see Philly doing that. He's also on a great contract right now, even though I know in the future he'll probably get bigger. Uh, like, I like him. I, I thought I think he's played well in a bad situation. I guess anything could happen, but I would be shocked.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting with Philadelphia. We're joined right now by Elliot Friedman. Uh, Elliot, uh, you're the one that broke the new COVID protocols. I just had a stretch, uh, three different cities, six tests uh, in six days. Cam, Moon, and myself have not had COVID at any point. Here. We've been really
1: lucky. Oh, why would you say that? Don't say that. It's inevitable. I, Everyone's, gonna, I, get it. Everyone's was, gonna get it. Everyone's gonna get it. If just I was Cam, I'd be coming into the studio and slapping you silly right now. Don't be the last do that. time
0: he'd ever do that. Trust me. But <laughs> he'd use his goal stick, and he could use it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and was no shrinking violet. Yeah, no, and I, when I sit there and look at the numbers here for Edmonton, the only forward on their active roster that has not tested positive has been Leon Dreisidel. The only defenseman that hasn't tested positive is Chris Russell. Both goaltenders, Smith and Koskinen, have not tested. They've only got four guy and, and right now, technically, Smith isn't on their active roster, but he will be on Tuesday. Right. So, yeah. but there are they won't some, be testing on Tuesday. There are some significant changes coming. Can you explain that to our listeners as to what's going to take place after Uh, We get through the All Star break.
1: Well, basically, it's the case now, right? Like this is this is the way it goes. Um, Once you play your last game, it's kind. First of all, the Taxi Squad's been dissolved. So you're gonna. I, I noticed last night that the Oilers sent a tweet with uh, some moves to Bakersfield and things like that. So the taxi squad is is over. Um, and but basically, what it comes down to, as long as you're vaccinated, and as we know, there's only one player in the NHL who's not vaccinated, then you you're not tested unless you're symptomatic. And so, you know, like that's, it was like, like Ovi. it was just wild that it was the last day he I could know. be tested. Although although we were all joking that he was sitting there with a rapid test and a red marker and he, and he, and he made it so he didn't have to go to the All-Star game. But, um, you know, I think that, like, you don't have to be tested now unless you're symptomatic. So, so, you know, we'll
0: see what that means. Um, well, you know, the wait, there is a caveat is, on that. You still get tested when you cross back and forth across the board. Yes,
1: like, I always, like, local rules override any NHL, NHLPA agreement, always. But the other thing, too, is they sent out the note, and I don't remember the exact number, but I, I think they said between 60 and 70% of players who had tested positive had it within about the last month since they sent out the letter. So, you know, Omicron swept through the NHL just like it swept through everything else, right? So, you know, once you test positive, um, you know, you don't have to test for, I think, 90 days. So it's uh, and also from crossing the border, there's also amount of time that you get to escape testing, right? So that should help the situation for the players.
0: All right, uh, new general manager today, Pat Verbeek goes to Anaheim. I know in 32 thoughts, Josh Manson, uh, interesting player, um, along uh, with Hampus Lindholm. What's going to happen there?
1: Well, I think Lindholm is going to be the biggest question and. Um, You know, it's a tough one for the Ducks because, you know, right now they're in the race. The math isn't great for them. The math is better for L.A., Calgary and you guys. Um, But they're in the race. And the tough thing is that I don't think that they're in a position where if they don't think they can sign uh, Linholm they can afford to hold on to him so I think that's the number one thing I, You know Verbeek said in his zoom call today he's going to he's, he's getting into Anaheim for good on Saturday I would expect that's going to be one of the biggest files on his dossier Manson um, you know what I think he's uh, I think Manson's going to be interesting because I think the docs have a lot of things they could do here they could move him they could sign him um, I think there's a lot of interest in him um you know, for example, I've mentioned Toronto. I think he's on their. I think he's. I think they're on his uh, no trade list. So, uh, you know, I think you know he would have to be willing to do it. Um, you know, so but there's going to be a lot of interest in Manson Raquel. I think if anyone there is the most likely to get moved. He's probably the guy I'm thinking about, but, but it's different now. Like we'll see how Rubik feels. Now, now you've got a, a new person with some new opinions, and we'll see if their plan changes at all.
0: There's one major reason why Anaheim's in the position they're
1: in. Yeah, he's a he's a great goalie. There's no question. He's about at
0: it. 922, and the other guy, Stolarz, that was briefly in Edmonton. That, in fairness, Dallas played a part in rebuilding a bit. Dallas Akins, he's at 917. Their goaltending's been uh, terrific this year. Montreal, Jeff Peach. We were just we were just there. What a yeah. You know what, Elliot? Just as an aside, and we're, we're circled back from the start of our conversation. It was awesome having fans last night in Washington. Oh yeah, and people were pumped. Yeah. You know I love going to Montreal. It's my favorite city in the NHL. It's, today. It, it's sad. Like
1: I, it, I get it, it and, I, and, I,
0: and I said it. It was. It's a religion there. Even with the Canadians being in a full-blown crapper, the appreciation they have for opposition players like McDavid and Settle and Nugent Hopkins historically when they're in that building, it just. It was just lifeless, and it just stunk. And so, what's what's going on with Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon, uh, Jeff Petrie, potentially Brendan Gallagher? What are you hearing there?
1: I would just say that, you know, one of the arguments that Merrick and I had on our podcast is, you know, what happened with Cassian and Montembo And, you know, whatever you feel about that, Somebody like first of all, nobody on the ice from Montreal at that moment was going to be able to handle Zach Cassian, but at least you have to Spear em. Uh, you know, express Stick your displeasure in some kind of way right and America and I had an argument on the podcast because the same thing happened in a similar thing happened in Ottawa a couple of days earlier with Aaron Dell and Drake Batherson and nothing happened and I just wondered if the lack of fans in the building contributed to that. Like, like you know that if the, if the fans are there and they're, um, if the fans are there and they're screaming bloody murder, like, does something else happen? I, it's just a question that I wondered. But anyway, Petrie, like, I think Sherrod's getting dealt. Um, I think Petrie will be traded, but it may not be now. It may be in the summer. He's had a really nightmare year, but, you know, I test and statistically, his underlying numbers last year were really good. He had a great year. I I haven't heard Gallagher's name as much yet, although I have no doubt they're going to be asked, but I'm starting to hear a little more Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli.
0: The other part of it is Gallagher's at six and a half, Petrie's at six and a half. Those other guys are better price points. And and if that's that's just the reality. Like Defoley's cheaper, uh, and Josh Anderson's cheaper. And Josh Anderson had injury issues, but hasn't had as many lately. And Gallagher, for as much as we love him here, and you know we love him, he's yeah. been banged up, and so Anderson's at five and a half, and DeFoley's at four two five. Much more palatable for teams to take on Elliott. So Especially
1: in the season, like it won't be easy. Yeah. You know, Bob, you you go to Cap Friendly or, or Puckpedia right now, you look at who's tight to the cap and how many of those teams yeah. are in long-term injury. Like, it's it's hard at this point of the year. I, like, someone said to me, this could be the, the season of three ways where you, you teams yeah. have no choice but sure. to pay someone to, to facilitate it.
0: Yeah, there's uh, no question about that. By the way, I know you watched the Oilers last night against Washington. I mean, McDavid got blown, blown up by Hathaway and it was the order smallest player across. again the stick is the equalizer you can always stick a guy and that's the, you know that's what yamamoto did and I, I I liked it that he had the tenacity to get in there and give half away a shot. Afterwards, Cassian got in his grill. Kane got in his grill after as well. You need that, and I was a little I, I surprised. Agree. I was I, I I might sound draconian or like a dinosaur or, or old, but well, it is. Well,
1: you know the phrase I use for myself is Neanderthal, yeah. and I, I do sound like a Neanderthal. But I, I do agree with it that. Uh, you know, that you have to show that you're with each other. And, and Bob, like one of the guys I talked to this week for my blog was David Poyle. And Poyle said he didn't really imagine a situation where Nashville would lead the league in fighting majors this year. But they do when he thinks it's been a part of their recovery. Like just a rejuvenation of the roster for some players who, who take that role.
0: Well, they got it. I mean... They get Janot out of the minors or out of you know Moose John. They turn him into a player. He yeah. he can look after himself. Mark Borvietsky, in terms of pure technical fighting ability, he's top five in the NHL. Like he can, he really can fight. Like he's, a, you know, and I mean, this is a guy that he can he can he can square off despite the size mismatch with a guy like Milan Lucic, and give Milan a lot of. He, he reminds me a bit of Darren Langdon, that used to be of the Rangers, an undersized. Oh,
1: wow, guy. Darren Langdon he used to he used to hang his Rolex on a hook in the in the dressing room. I used to see that. He, he When he played for Montreal in the playoffs, he'd come off the ice of practice, and his Rolex would be on a hook, and he, the first thing he'd put on, it was hilarious. Was That's cool awesome. That.
0: All right, Elliot. Uh, well, uh, you're not going to the All-Star game. We have uh, no. J- Jack and me are broadcasting an alumni game tomorrow night uh, outside, oh, yeah. outdoors. Yep, we got Big George coming out. Who, uh, who hit me a number of years ago uh, in a skate and got he got stuck after he hit me. That's all I'm going to tell you. I was telling the story last night. To, you are know, you kidding me? Are you just, like, you are unbelievable. You didn't know that he blew me up with a big, It's it's a hilarious story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, last night at the game, Elliot, Dave Brown and Dennis Bombey were scouting. Dave, obviously, with oh, the Flyers. Wow. And Dennis Bob Dennis was with those two guys. And I told them the story. And they just start, they're like, he hit you in, a like, uh, just a casual skate? I'm like, yeah. He sat there, and I ran steps with him at Body by Bennett for, like, a year and a half after he got mad at me when I said he was the best fighter and not the best enforcer. And he waited until, like, went on the ice, and... Drilled me right in the sternum, and I went about 18... I went as far as Chris Letang did, Elliot, when Steve McIntyre (laughs) hit him. And uh, George told me he hit me harder than he hit Jeff Cowan in Vancouver that one night when he was with the Penguins. So, and I stuck him after. I had no choice. And then I, you know didn't admit that I was in a lot of pain for the next several weeks (laughs) (laughs) love having you, hey thanks for switching for Louie, actually he's not landed yet he uh, was on a later flight than Jack today so we really appreciate it I I understand, that's what happens, it's all good awesome, how about them western mustangs (laughs) what's going on well are they even planning on Ontario they're not playing. Get out of here. I mean, get out of here. Mike Babcock's going to finish fourth or fifth with Saskatchewan. At the start of the year, I thought they were going to come top two, but it looks like they're going to be fourth or fifth out west here. Are they going to be in the playoffs? Uh, top six make it. So, yes. Okay. You know who's number one? <laughs> well, I just hope he beats them in the playoffs. That's all. <laughs> Okay. Well, he might. You never know. Hey, Elliot, love having you on the show. Thank you for your time. All right. Take care, man. Check yeah. you later. You bet. That's Elliot Freeman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Mid-City Construction and Management, providing you with the highest quality most cost-effective solutions in the safest way possible. Visit midcity.ca. Guests and owners now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse Valentine's Day. That's the place to go to, Roos Chris, 9990 Jasper Avenue. You can tell Brendan, uh, Chris Taylor, and the staff at Bruce Chris that Oilers Now sent you. We'll come back with the Oilers Now Injury Report when we return. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad Into the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. It's this simple. They're the best. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang of James H. Brown. Trent Brown my opinion, the best player produced out of the University of Alberta Golden Bear football program last 35 years. Went on to be a CFL all-star at safety. And he was a heavy hitter. And James H. Brown, they're the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here we go. Here's Brendan Escott. I'll oh, we'll keep it quick for you today. Mike Smith just about recovered
1: from that partially torn thumb tendon. They're going to give him the uh, extra All-Star weekend here to rest it right up and then should return, as Dave Tippett said before yesterday's game, uh, as the All-Star break it concludes. Chris Russell, day-to-day, he missed uh, last night's game, but it's not believed to be serious.
0: All right. Uh, we'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, you, we are going to open up the... River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, 7804960063. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Same number, 780 63 What a difference a couple weeks makes. Uh the orders 501. They're now positioned to strike. Uh, they're certainly in the hunt uh, for a playoff spot. The Pacific Division, in my opinion, is wide open. I want to know what you think. Give us a call at 7804960063 off to the global news weather traffic update with Eileen. Oilers now with Bob Stauffer. Weekdays at noon.